Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best iron fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Sarling. My partner is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. In particular, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. And Daiwa, they've got your bass covered. They certainly do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA is recorded and produced by our executive producer, Brad Nierman of Berserk Productions down in Land Lakes, Florida. Hi, Brad, and thanks for everything. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnson from St. Croix. We're going to have on our good friend Ken Duke, the editor of Fishing Tackle Retailer Magazine. And I get to visit with one of the best in the business, great fisherman, great personality, great instructor. He is Seth Fighter. But first, let me turn it over to Dave Kranz, who's going to bring on our friend Dan Johnston. Take it away, David. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave, thanks. Uh, you know, we're in the, glad to have you here. Always good information. We're in the, the middle of summer here, and um, a lot of people that come into my retail environment, they're, they're fishing panfish in the summer. They're catching bluegills, pro- crappies, perch, and, you know, not like spring, not like the spawn, but, you know, summer panfish season is, is a great time, isn't it? It's arguably as good a time to catch them as any once we wrap our head around the strategy behind it. You know, it's certainly different. Than it is in the spring and uh, or even in the fall. But once we understand the strategy behind, uh, number one, where they set up, but uh, also feeding windows and then insect activity. And we could get a little weedy with this, but I think there's some things that could really help uh, could help people. I know I've certainly learned a lot over the years and have a lot more to learn, but I'm sure there's some things we could discuss. Yeah, absolutely. I had a... Uh a grandfather in with a grandson the other day and he said last time they went to the pond all he wanted to do was throw grass or sticks in the in the uh in the pond and every time he did if it was small enough a bluegill came up and hit it so that um as a fly guy you you can relate to that can't you that was really one of the areas i was going to go it's when we talk about insect activity it's very prevalent um in the summer and it really comes down to two real broad buckets you know you have your uh class called terrestrials which are your you know spiders grasshoppers crickets ants anything that can fall out of a tree or fall off a weed or bluegills and crappie both but bluegills especially completely key on those in the summer um so obviously we can determine where that happens you know overhanging trees places that have weeds or if we get wind it can blow things in a lake but they're, the, the fish are key to that so i think we need to be aware that this is arguably the best and it's not necessarily with trout a lot of times with trout we have a lot of winter hatches in spring creeks with bluing dollops and midges and things that that's a different deal and running 55 degree water year round but on lakes we get both terrestrial classes but we also get a lot of aquatic insect activity as well that's and freshwater shrimp and things like that that are prevalent prevalent in almost all of our lakes. And that's where really what they key on just as much or more so than they do minnows in the fall. 
Yeah, and the metabolism of these fish in this warm water is is high, and they they have to eat more than any other time of the year. Well, that's true, but they do focus on windows more in the summer, feeding windows. And I, I think w- one thing that at least it took me a long time to understand is we've talked about how fish get target-centric, and all of them do. When we talk about targets, we're talking about hard targets. It could be shade lines, it could be weed lines, it could be wood, rock, whatever. Bluegills and crappies are notorious to get targets stricken in the summertime. Um, that can be a shade bluff wall. It could be any of the targets I mentioned before, but they'll also, they really like to get in weeds and we still have good quality weeds this time of year. So one thing I really want to touch on, and this is really critical. I've fished with guys that are really good at this way better than I ever will be. But one thing I was taught is two things when we're weed fishing bluegills in the deep summer, even at noon, is they'll get right in them. Now, low light, they'll come up on insects or they'll get out on lines and stuff. But in the in the daytime, they'll get right in those things, but we can still catch them. And there are two ways I've seen that are lethal is not to cast and retrieve like we would in the spring, like or on a weed line, but with a slip bobber that goes straight down so it doesn't hang is a great way to do it. I'm talking about in them. Yeah. And then secondly, another great way to do it is to hide the hook. And what I mean by that is whether it's a loose swinging hook or whether it's fixed to the bait to thread a small night crawler over that or a wax worm or something. And you'd be amazed how weedless you can make that thing. And bluegills absolutely love it. You can get right in where they're living. Cause if you get hung up and pull a big string of weed out, you'll mess it up for a second. But with bluegills, Believe it or not, not very long because you can pull a weed out and it'll pull the roots out and fire them up too. So it doesn't game change it like it will with bass a lot of times, but it's better to not get hung up. And there's a couple ways you can do it. And biggest one being vertical. Yeah, and that that's a great tip to be able to do that and get right into those those areas that uh, uh, they're they're hiding under. You, uh, we both just got got back from iCast and. Um, I was I was very happy to see you guys uh, produce an avid panfish series because some of these guys that are fishing panfish are very very uh, uh, picky about what they use. They want really good equipment. Uh, some of them are fishing tournaments, whether that that's crappies or uh, you know there's there's panfish there's different panfish tournaments, but crappies is the big one. But um, did you have the the inquiries to to build this type of product for them? hundred percent based on what happened with panfish the last few years our panfish series has just been on fire we can't make enough of them and what we wanted to do is come out with a higher performing blank in that sc3 plus material it's lighter it's more sensitive and a lot of people will say well sensitivity for bluegills doesn't matter and you know you're right to a degree with a bobber but when you're fishing anything where you're connected to it i i i I debate anybody on the advantages of being able to feel it because crappies a lot of times You'll either feel that that thump or they'll put slack in your line. And those are things you can both, you can feel on a sensitive rod and a bluegill. Uh, the fact they hit on a descent where crappies don't, or they'll pick things off the bottom that you'll, you'll feel uh, not only different, you know, weeds or bottom content, but you'll feel that bite way better. And I'm telling you, if you get the right line, like any type of polyethylene or fused or braided, um, or a light, light mono, or even a fluorocarbon on the right rod, you can start to feel hits in your hand, 
bluegill fishing that you've never felt before. That's just an undisputed fact. And more people are starting to figure that out. So we're seeing that angler with like any other advances in technologies, uh, go to these to make them perform better. Yeah, I, I was happy to see it because I know I'll have a, a lot of customers that are, are going to be very interested in it and and want to put some uh, a Avid Panfish series in their hand and feel it and pick out what's best for their um, their techniques. Because there are, there are, like you said, different techniques for panfish. It's not just one rod does everything. Uh, as you said, for the vertical jib- jigging, that might require something um, maybe a little longer to get it out into those holes. Or there, there's, there's a lot of different ways to catch bluegills, not just with a, uh, a float and a, and a worm. Well, and I, I think the biggest example I could give you is even if you're pitching a minnow free line, on a real small hook, whether you dorsal hook it or nose hook it, and you pitch that minnow out free line, I'm talking about with nothing, no weight, nothing. Uh, you can feel the tail kick on that minnow, and believe it or not, just like live bait fishing anything, once that minnow settles down, you can feel that thing get nervous before it gets bit. And tell me that's not a tell in fishing. Or another example would be a beetle spin or a little road runner. Imagine being able to feel the blades on something that small. And people are starting to figure out that when you can do that, number one, if you got a weed on it, you know it. Or even if that thing goes out of cadence because something's taken it, you can feel those things now. And it's just amazing what, what, and I'm not just crediting St. Croix for doing this on the rod side, but we have it now on the smoothness of the reels and the, the sensitivity of the lines and the quality of the hooks. And we really, if we, if we put all those pieces together, we, we can, we can be more effective with pan fishing now more than ever. Absolutely. Now, in the past, I have uh, caught uh, nice bluegills and white bass and perch and crappies in the summertime. And we used to go up to some southeast Wisconsin lakes up near Madison. And we would we would drift and we were actually catching fish in 15 to 20 feet of water. Is you, you were talking about the weed pattern, but uh, uh, they're down there probably because there's some kind of uh, food source for them, I would imagine. Yeah, freshwater shrimp being the main one on the bluegill side, minnows obviously hang out in weeds too, and they'll come get it depending on the clarity of the water if you get over the top of them. But a lot of times that type of deal, um, they can suspend. And what a lot of people, uh, fly anglers understand this well, but a lot of the entomology or the insects that go on under the water's surface are things those fish are feeding on. And they can be in water columns or they can be on targets, they can be clinging to weeds, they could be on stumps or whatever. And a lot of that is that, you know, that these fish will lift out over the tops of the weeds at certain times of day when they know a certain insect is coming off. And it's part of that master plan. And, you know, we can drift over them and catch them, but when we really understand why they're there, because I'll tell you one thing, and I guarantee you this, I've been victim to this before, you can make the same drift a little later and they're gone. Now they're buried in them. And that's typical summer bluegill fishing and you really want to locate the best quality cover so on the weed side this is dense green healthy stuff um that's really the same type of thing we talk about uh in the spring when we're looking about the right type of bottom or in the summer when we're talking about looking for healthy water for bass i'd say the same thing for bluegill and crappie in the summer Always good tips, Dan. Summertime panfish, uh, we, I don't think we covered it since last time in the summer, but we will cover it again probably next year. And always good tips and always good information. And boy, they're so tasty. And uh, look forward to the next time we get to talk. 
Yeah, thanks so much, Dave. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly has a passion for the outdoors and the outdoor industry. He is the editor of Fishing Tackle Retailer, Ken Duke. Welcome back, Ken. Hey, thank you, Dave. I appreciate you having me on the We Fish ASA podcast, as always. Well, I appreciate having you on. A, f- a few weeks before uh, ICAST, we had uh, talked about uh, the upcoming event. Now the event has happened, and uh, uh, overall, I-, I thought it was a, a pretty good, well-attended event. How about you? I agree. I thought it was a terrific event. You know, I talked to a, a lot of manufacturers at the event, as I always do, and the consensus opinion, Dave, seemed to be that, that it was the best ICAST ever in the eyes of a lot of people. I, um, you know, I thought attendance was good. I haven't heard the official numbers, but I expect they're 12,000, 13,000, something like that, and uh, I think everybody had a great experience. Yeah, I think so too. I heard north of twelve, and and I will. I imagine we'll find out for sure. But um, I think the uh, uh, just the, the mentality of everybody getting past COVID, and even though our industry seemed to be uh, by all the numbers, including mine. Inter- we've, we entered a recession from great, great numbers from two years of phenomenal business in March, from what I can tell. But that doesn't make a difference. We're, it's just getting back to whatever normal is going to be is the good thoughts, I think. Well, I agree with you, absolutely. And, and um, you know, last year, I cast as a super spreader of COVID. And I think it's been that again this year, unfortunately. I know that I came down with COVID mm. uh, as a result of, of the show and uh, brought it home, unfortunately. Um, and I know a lot of other people have had COVID coming out of the show, but uh, you got to say at some point you get tired of playing defense in life, and it's good to to get out there and to and to meet with the people you enjoy doing business with, 
and, uh, and, and make it work. Uh, hopefully we won't have any fatalities. Hopefully people aren't getting too sick from this latest variant. Um, but you know, health seems health continues to be our biggest concern at events like that. Absolutely, and and I think events across the the, uh, the world they are seeing that, but it does seem like it's uh, uh, lesser amount of people getting sick and lesser amount of people uh, uh, passing away from it, which is which is a good thing. And uh, but yeah, the uh, the event was. Uh, when I first walked through, even prior to that, um, the the industry breakfast and the um, the new product showcase, which Fishing Tackle Retailer has has put on for many many years, uh, the on the water event, everything was um, energized and and electric. I thought I'm right there with you, man. Um, there was a lot of enthusiasm. I think uh, as each year passes through the COVID era, and who knows how long the COVID era will last, but I'm seeing more and more enthusiasm. People are optimistic. People are excited about gathering. People want things to get back to normal, and they're doing what they can to make that happen. Uh, of course, we've got some some looming economic concerns, uh, not just in the U.S., but all around the world, and uh, hopefully they won't put a damper on, on things in our industry, but that's always a threat. Uh, nonetheless, you know, fishing is, uh, as a friend of mine says, uh, we do not build coffins for a living. We get to live in a live and work in a very avid and passionate industry. And you saw a lot of evidence of that at ICAST this year. Yeah, yes, we did. There was uh, a lot of great ideas out there, a lot of, uh, uh, like you said, enthusiasm and passion for uh, for being involved in this industry. And I think that's, we're all truly uh, blessed and lucky to be in an industry that, uh, we can participate in and make a living at, and uh, you know, many people do not have that privilege. They make a good living, but but not with the uh, benefits that we have. No, true. I'm I'm very grateful to work in the fishing industry. I've worked in other industries, and uh, you're gonna have to drag me out of this one, take it and scream. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, new product showcase. We had a. Um, uh, a lot of interesting things I thought on there. Do you, uh, more than ever, uh, you probably know the numbers off the top of your head, but there were a lot of entries. Yeah, I think there were about 900 entries this year, which is uh, maybe maybe down a little bit from a couple of years ago when we had uh, before COVID, but still a lot of entries, a lot of voting going on. Um, you know, some of the usual suspects were winners. Um, St. Croix won in some bass categories. Shimano won in some reel categories. Pure Fishing dominated the showcase again this year. Um, uh, Costa finally lost in the eyewear category. Uh, and, of course, Humminbird uh, has dominated the electronics world for a long, long time. But uh, the Deep Rock Showcase never fails to excite no, not at all. I, I love doing it. I love being in there, and I take my time and try to be as, as efficient as I can going through as also as a voter, being a buyer and, and being media, so I, I get the privilege of being able to vote, and I always enjoy seeing what wins compared to what I voted for, and, you know, many times uh, it's outside my realm on the saltwater ends of things, but I try to look at what's there, and from my frame of reference, I'll pick items in, in those areas, and I'm sure the saltwater guys do the same thing with the freshwater items. I think so. You know, it's, it's not often you can be in the same relatively small area and get to see the, the most exciting 
products in the fishing world, and that's what the New Product Showcase is all about. Uh, it, it's gathering the very best of the very best and, and pitting them against each other and seeing what people are excited about, what the media wants to tell a story about, what retailers think they can sell. Uh, nothing quite like it. I really enjoy that. Yeah, um, and that's why I'm thrilled that uh, uh, my, my my company, Fishing Tackle Retailer, sponsors it. Yeah, and it's always a good event, and I know you always get a lot out of it and seeing the people that come there to to vote, and they're they're there for a reason. They want they care about their industry. They want to see what's uh, new. I use it as a buyer to as a preview of what's new. You got a booth number there. You can you can pretty much uh, look and you see something that's interesting that you think you can sell in your market. You write down a booth number and you get to see. I, I plan all my other meetings, but at New Product Showcase, I get to plan the rest of the the week by seeing the items that I want to go look at that I didn't even know were going to be available. Yeah, it's a great it's a great barometer for that. I think the New Product Showcase, and of course for folks who have not been to ICAST, the New Product Showcase really really starts uh, ICAST week. It starts on a Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. It's your first look at any new products, um, and the show floor opens the next morning. So this is kind of ICAST and microcosm. If you're looking to see what the trends are. The new product showcase can can pretty quickly show you what they are, and and one of the big trends this year, Dave, I think you'll agree, was wow, we are seeing a lot of lithium batteries out there, <laughs> and, and these things are, are going to take over the uh, marine and, and boating world. Yep, there's a. Uh... There's a lot of uh, products like that, and and uh, yet to be seen where it ends up. But but it certainly seems like they're they're here to stay, and and people are using them, and they've got people promoting them, and uh, that makes a difference. Well, you know, one thing that I noticed on the show floor this year is no matter what the numbers that they say are there, if you stood at an intersection and you looked all four ways. You saw people in every direction. I think the people that were there, no matter what the number was, were on that show floor from open to close. Yeah, it, it, it was exciting. The crowds were good. They were enthusiastic. Uh, I'm not surprised by that. I think uh, the COVID era has given the people who are less enthusiastic about ICAST, less, less optimistic about the industry, it's given those people an excuse to stay home. And it's given the people who are enthused and who are energized about things uh, more reason to attend. So uh, if, if COVID has done anything for the industry other than sell out of product, excuse me, it's, uh, it's kept the enthusiastic in attendance. Yeah, yeah, and and that and that's a good thing. If you you have a passion for it, you come there that you want to learn, you want to see the products, uh, you want to. Uh, experience what's new so that you can plan your next year or in some cases too if it's the right item but the um it's definitely an uh if they didn't go or they they feel like they don't have to go i think that's a mistake i i, I believe you feel the same way that icast is a must be at event if you're going to be serious about being in the sport fishing industry well, i agree absolutely um there's nothing quite like it there's no industry gathering that is as large. There's no opportunity to see as much. And, and so, uh, yeah, I consider ICAST an absolute essential. 
Yeah, no, it, it, I've always, you know, I've attended for years and years, and um, I also, you know, we're talking about an ICAST wrap-up that our listeners get to hear, but I also, um, writing the uh, Retail Matters column for you, for your publication, and I truly appreciate that, I, I wrote an ICAST wrap-up for, for the magazine, which you'll be getting, uh, I finished it yesterday, which you'll be getting, I believe, today or tomorrow or, you know, before my, my deadline that you gave me, and um, it definitely um, was great to to be able to write that and um, and speak to the industry and, Careful, and Dave. you don't want to be you don't want to be my only writer who turns things in on time. Oh well, <laughs> I I hope hope I'm not, but I I always when you give me a date, I try to be on that date. So um, and and that's because because our, all of our time is is busy and valuable. And I think when you are busy, when when there's a deadline, you get it done because you have something right behind it and. Uh, you know that that's the way it is, but uh, uh, yeah, we both agree it was a great eye cast, and uh, like you said, some of the manufacturers feel like it was the best eye cast ever, and uh, that's yet to be seen by what happens to, as the industry goes forward for the next year. But it's certainly the start of the next fiscal year and the product that's going to be out in 2023. And I truly appreciate every time you come on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you, David. I appreciate your presence at ICAST. You know, as the industry does, you're you're an important buyer there, um, a valuable voice in our industry, and, and um, it's always a pleasure to see you, my friend. Oh, you too. Thank you, Ken. That was Ken Duke. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel. For those with a passion for the outdoors, the We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta. We're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Surley. My partner, Dave Kranz, is remote. Please remember that We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericanfishing.org. And if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association. 
by visiting asafishing.org. Tell you what, you get an organization like American Sport Fishing Association and they're pushing our sport onwards and upwards into the future. Help by guys who join us right now who is a, a wonder in the sport. He is a leader, he's a, a, an icon, and uh, he is bringing people into the sport on a daily basis. He is the one and only Seth Fighter. Hey, Seth, how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Hey, always a pleasure. Hey, did you ever look at it that way, that, that you are a uh, you are somebody who is pushing this sport forward because people want to follow Seth Fighter? They look at you, they go, hey, I want to do what that guy does. Uh, I guess I never thought of it like that. I've just been obsessed with fishing my whole life, trying to make a living doing it. And, um, and, and, more people start doing it because of me, awesome, but I never really thought of it like that you know uh, i well it's it's the it is it is the truth and your success has been great you said thanks for having me on the show I, I i look back we've been doing this show uh weekly and we've had you know this is like episode number 319 so so we've been on this for for six years you've been a professional full-time fisherman for six years and i looked and, and you joined us on the show the first time within the first 90 days of appearing, so you were a rookie at the time, and, and you hit the ground running, huge. Uh, can can you look back at, at your beginnings and and recall how amazing it was to do what you did at, right off the bat? Well, yeah, I mean it's pretty amazing. I want it didn't feel like it was right off the bat. I, I feel like I kind of struggled for a year or two, but. Um, yeah, I think it's my second year. I had a good taste of success and been rolling ever since. Hey, you know what? Uh, you, 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 you claim you struggled. When, when you're in a struggling period in fishing, and we see this happen to everybody, what do you do to get out of it? You know, I'm not. Uh, are there are there any? Uh, first of all, are there any little like? Uh, uh, lucky things that you do, and any uh, any little uh, things that you do or practice to get yourself out of a slump or change your luck. Um, it's definitely easier said than done. It's <laughs> hard to do. It's typically it seems to be all mental when you do get into a slump. Um, and I I, I wish there was an easy answer for it. I don't, I don't think there is one, but um. I tend to fish a lot more when I'm not fishing good, you know. Um, just go out fun fishing days on the water. And try to get back in that rhythm where you're firing on all cylinders. I, I wish there was an easy answer, but I, I don't know if there is one, to be honest with you. Are you slumping right now? Say it again? Are you slumping right now? Uh, I think I am, yeah. Uh, you know what? I think you are too, and and I was a little bit scared to ask, ask you that question, uh, and, yeah. and I and I think a lot of people would too. Uh, who the hell goes to work and gets asked if if they're in a slump? You know, a guy working in a machine shop, he, you know, I'm having a bad day or whatever. Nobody says you're in a slump. Uh, saying you're in a slump is uh, is a pretty mean thing to do, isn't it? Oh no, it's just honest. I mean. Like compared to last year, I think about anything would be a slump. Um, and this year, I'm 
you know, we're almost done with the season, and I still haven't – I mean, I've cashed checks and stuff, but I haven't had what I consider a good tournament yet this year, and we've already fished seven of them, and we've got two left, and you know, hopefully we can get that turned around before the year's over and make a top ten or two. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. And, and we'll, we'll talk about this. Uh, look at what uh, uh, the schedule lays out in front of you. It, it, it plays to your strengths, uh, I think, uh, the, the, you've got two tournaments left. Uh, one's Lake Oahe out of Mobridge, and uh, I, I say that plays to your strengths because it's you know it's it's a it's a northern tournament, and you're on what I would consider uh, amazingly a pike and walleye lake. Uh, when I think of pike and walleye, I'm thinking Minnesota. I'm thinking Seth Fighter when I talk Minnesota. Now, obviously, Oahe it was picked for its uh, availability of bass. But it does make me think that it's a, a northern walleye type of lake. And then you stay north and you end up at La Crosse on the Mississippi River. And that certainly plays to your strengths. So what do you think about these two venues for your next two tournaments? Oh, I'm excited for it. They're the two I've been looking forward to most all year. Closest to my house for sure. And uh, I think Hawaii is going to be an amazing tournament. I think it's going to be an absolute slugfest. Um, the river, if we don't get any rain, I think it's going to be a bit of a grind, but I'm okay with that. Um, you know, I got a bit of experience down there and looking to use that to my advantage for that one. And why he's kind of the big unknown, but I think it's going to be an absolute smallmouth beat down. I mean, it probably won't be quite what we saw in New York, the size of fish, but I think, uh, there'll be a lot of fish, a lot of nice fish caught in that one. I'm really looking forward to both of them, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was going to say, hey, you know what, uh. It's, uh, it's got to be a real bear when you're fishing and uh, you catch the wrong species. Uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're on Oahe, you're, you're, you're fishing for bass, and all of a sudden, boom, you're hooked up with a 40-inch uh, a northern. Uh, that's got to be the, the biggest mixed emotion situation. Man, you got a nice fish, you're a fisherman, you'd like to bring it in and say, you don't have time. Every second is money. Uh, do you cut your line? What do you do? Oh, uh, depends what I got on there for a bait and the situation. I mean, I usually catch them. Yeah. Um, get the hook back, anyways. But uh, yeah, no, there's been times where you know you hook a big muskie or a big pike, and you're fighting it forever. Or a big catfish down south, and you know, as soon as you hook it, it's like you're always thinking it's a giant bass until you see it, and the heartbreak sets in. But no, I usually land them. Oh, good, you good. Get my bait back anyways. I, I, it seems like whatever you're catching them on, you don't have that many of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I just, like, uh, if you buy too much of something, you won't catch them on it anymore. And uh, <laughs> it seems like whatever you only got a couple of, they, they seem to like that the best. You know, I've, I've, been, to, uh, I've been to tournaments, and I'm amazed. Uh, you know, you, you guys have everything. Yeah. Uh, how, how, many, how many rods do you have on the boat? Um, I probably, the average tournament, I probably got maybe 20 in the box, and then I'd say 6 to 10 on deck. You, you are, you are well-equipped. You are certainly well-equipped for baits. I'll go to one of these tournaments as an observer, and I'll stop in the local Walmart the, uh, the night before the tournament, and here's all these elite guys out at, uh, out of the tackle store buying tackle that they don't have. 
Uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, at the last minute, you, you may have heard something. Say, yeah, they're on these, and uh, they're they're on purple. And you go, damn, I don't have any purple. You know, I got I got to go out and get them. And, and you guys are out being great tackle store shoppers uh, twenty four yeah. hours before you take off. That that blows my mind. Well, yeah, so it's like I said, that was bite whatever you don't have very much of. Oh, that is absolutely- if you got a hundred or something, they're not touching it. If you got one, <laughs> they really like it. Uh, oh, that is uh, that is incredible. And I say I was I was trying to think of a way to phrase that because uh, I say uh, you know all, you you hear the day before that they're on a color or whatever. I I, I didn't want to go there because you didn't because of because of what what has recently happened uh, in in the tournament world with uh, one of one of the pros being. Uh, uh, stripped of a fifth place win because of uh, uh, getting information before the uh, before the event, which is totally illegal. And, you know, uh, I want to ask you in regards to that: How do you stay away from getting information? My God, we live in an information society. Uh, the social media is is rampant. You got people uh, texting you, twittering you. Doing all of this stuff, how how do you keep your ears and eyes shut to information that you're not supposed to have? Uh, it's a bit of a challenge. I mean, what that guy did was, I mean, he went searching for it. That was blatant. Yeah, but it, it's hard, you know. You're all into a town, and I mean, I'm sure a lot of people think I'm a jerk after talking to me. But you're all into town, <laughs> you're getting gas, and some guy like they just come up to you and like, hey, you got to go in this creek and throw a spinner bait. You know, my job is to tell them I can't get any information, but they don't, you know, if you're, unless you're real into tournaments, you don't really understand what that means. You know, he's just trying to be nice and tell you his honey hole and help you out. And, um, you know, that probably end up looking like a jerk to most of them and tell them I can't talk about fishing on that lake or whatever. And they don't really understand it, but that, that's what you got to do to play the game, you know? Well, yeah, think, think about it. Um, can, what what if you go and fish that creek after you hear that from him? Uh, maybe it was on your uh, maybe it was a waypoint on your GPS to begin with, and you were gonna go there. Uh, but now you got to worry about this guy's running around Tago. You know he won that tournament because I told him where to go. Oh, I'm sure people say stuff like that all the time, but um, you know. It's never going to change anything I'm doing. I'm going to go over and go and like I'm terrible with names, even on like <laughs> lakes I fish all the time. Like people are like, "Oh, such and such bay," and I'm like, "I don't even know where that is." And I fish her all the time. I just don't really look at it like that. But I mean, there's definitely times where that's happened. You know, then I'll go into a lake I've been to before, and somebody says something where I was already planning on going. And I mean, in my eyes, if I, if I was already Planning on going there anyways, it's not going to stop me. Um, yeah, it's right in your mind. You know? It's right yeah. in your mind. Per- per- personally, uh, I don't want to ar- argue it, but uh, I think that uh, that rule about the information is is a little antiquated and needs needs to be changed. Uh, obviously, you're, you're living with it, dealing with it, don't have any problem with it, but... Uh, I, I could definitely see in our modern society that rule being out the to, out to window. Uh, I kind of like it. Okay, that's cool. I just, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, there's guys that'll have, you know, if they 
take it away, there's guys that'll get massive advantages from it. And um, I mean, if you're a professional fisherman at this level, you should be able to go to a body of water you know nothing about, never seen practice for three days and figure something out. I want to ask him. Uh, I want to ask him. And I feel like you know, that. you get, you take a rookie guy that you know doesn't have a big fan base, doesn't know anybody, and then let him get information versus a you know like a Scott Martin type where he's got the big YouTube following you know, a real established pro. Yeah. The amount of information Scott Martin's going to acquire and good information acquire before a tournament versus a no-name rookie. I mean, that's not going to be anywhere comparable if you let people get information. So I like the rule. As soon as the light comes out, no information. Excellent. Okay, that's a, that's a great explanation. I'll definitely mark this and save it for future discussion. We're on with Seth Fighter, Bassmaster Elite champion this guy is about as good as it gets uh, one, one of the good guys in the business we're gonna have a little bit more we're gonna take a quick break i'm steve sarley this is we fish asa i'll be right back with more seth fighter right after this for most anglers the unexpected is expected but what you can do is take matters into the seat of your well shorts Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry dock for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from Aftco. Learn more at aftco.com overboard. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. We are the best on fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner Dave Kranz is not here. And I am with Seth Fighter, Bassmaster Elite Champion, one of the hottest names in the business, and I dare to say, one of the absolute most popular figures in fishing. Uh, does it blow your mind when you look at that fan base you've got, Seth? Yeah, it's crazy, but I appreciate the hell out of it. It's having people rooting for you. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, you know. You are you are so you are so recognizable, uh, amazingly, uh, with the hair, with the with the the, the mullet, uh, and you being the, the commander of the mullet mafia had something to do with it. Uh, but 
you know what? It, it didn't put you over the top to where you are. It, they, they, they knew who you are, you know, getting in the boat. But when you're getting out of the boat, yeah, they know who you are because of the fish you caught. And uh, it, it's, it's rather amazing the people that follow you step by step on the tournament trail. I, I, I got. Let me ask you a personal question. You've got. Uh, you're married now. Yep. How long has that been? Uh, probably five years ish. I think it'll be five years this October. Should, should I throw you under the bus by asking you for the date of your anniversary? October's. Excellent. Good. Good. Good for. Good yeah. for. Good for you. I'm glad you do it. Otherwise, my oldest. We got married before she was born, so I know her. Five years. Excellent, excellent. How many kids do you have? Uh, two kids and one on the way. Oh, congratulations! I was not aware. I was not aware. Excellent. Well, thank you. Yeah, you, you, you have you have uh, you have two girls. I remember that you were single the first time we talked to you. Yeah. Boy, li- 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 life life changes. Has right. ha- has having the kids uh, done anything or changed? Made any changes? Any impact on your fishing career? Uh, mind frame wise, yeah. I mean, uh, definitely, you know, when you're starting out and single and all that, it's kind of all about you, and now it's all about them, you know. So that's very nice yeah. to hear. Yeah, that is, that is that is that is very nice to hear. I, I've we've gone over this a couple of times with people recently. Uh, he, he obviously, you're a professional fisherman full time. Uh, when, when you asked your wife Dayton to marry you, uh, she knew you were a fisherman. Uh, and did, did that raise any uh, alarms going off with her? Going, I might really want to get involved with this guy that actually fishes for a living. Was she supportive a hundred percent from the beginning, or did she ever say, "Yeah, we'll do this for a couple of years, then you go get a real job, and we'll move forward"? No, she's hundred percent supportive. I mean. I wasn't making any money when I met her, so um, I knew she was going to be all right. She could deal with that. Um, yeah, she on board the whole time. Good for her. That is that is uh, excellent to have that kind of support. Yeah, I know that you... kind of lifestyle. Uh, you know, she's good. She can be by herself and stay busy, and I don't need to be there every minute of every day. You know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's it's a it's a good thing. Uh, talking about you weren't making any money. Yeah, that that may have been back in in those days, but uh, all of a sudden you're out there, you're doing pretty well. We're just talking about uh, about winnings. You, you've uh, let's see, fished in ninety seven tournaments uh, and been in the money seventy six times. My goodness, you're in the you're in the money eighty percent of the time. When 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 you enter, you're almost guaranteed getting a check. Uh, that that's got to be unbelievably exciting and incredibly disappointing when you don't cash a check in a tournament. But you, you you are right at the uh, uh, you're just a hair away from breaking the million dollar mark, and that's incredible for doing it in six years. Uh, I don't know who else has done that, but million dollars in in, in checks in six years of fishing. Did did you ever think you'd make a million dollars doing this? My God, that's amazing. No, when I started doing it, I always said if I could make forty grand a year, I'd be happy as hell. And, um, just getting to do what I love and getting enough to get by, and um, everything else is just a bonus, you know. 
hey, you, you know what? You could go, uh, you could go without a check for 19 years and still average over forty thousand dollars a year. We know that 19 year dry spell is not going to happen, so you're way ahead of the curve. <laughs> I hope not. Oh, well, that'd be a rough one. Oh my goodness. Hey, you know, uh, you, you are from you are from Minnesota. And uh, Lake Minnetonka is your home lake. Yep. Excellent. Is it? it uh, uh, if you were going to invite somebody and say, "Hey, you really want to come up here? Minnesota's a great place. Here's where you should go. Where would you send somebody to take a, a week's vacation and, and enjoy some fishing?" Um, we got uh, we got so many good lakes up here. It's ridiculous. I mean, obviously, there's the big ones that everybody knows about your Minnetonkas and Malaxas and stuff like that. But I mean, there's hundreds and thousands of little lakes that you can go have the time of your life on up here. It's re- really a special place to live. The winters are definitely rough, but the summertime fishing up here is um, probably the best I've seen in the country. You know, we don't have ten pounders, but for as far as you know, numbers of three to five pound fish, I don't, I don't know anywhere better in the country. No, that's wonderful. It's a, it's a great place, and the people are are special and make you feel comfortable when you go up there. It's it's a great place to go, a great place to vacation. And uh, if you if you're hauling your boat, uh, Minnesota DNR does a great job in, in putting in ramps and maintaining the ramps and make it easy for you to hit the water. Yeah, they do do that. Minnesota's done a really good job with public access and lakes. I mean, I don't know how many boat ramps are in the state, and 99% of them are free. And it's, I mean, just about every lake's got a ramp on it. There's a few that don't, but um, they've done a really good job about putting public accesses in. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Talking about uh, uh, talking about fans before and, and, and information, and I said that uh, uh, I think that uh, anybody told you, hey, you use a rattle trap, all of a sudden they're going to say, have the reason it's a fighter won that tournament. You know, I, I think people are like that. I think people uh, we, we we run into the uh, we you run into the public as a professional fisherman when you hit the water, uh, you get you get followed a lot, and and it gets to be a little bit difficult and I'm pretty positive that in the the world of tournament fishing Seth Fighter has more people following him on the water than anybody else. Number one, uh, it's your popularity and I said before you're so recognizable. Everybody knows who Seth Fighter is uh, and, and they're following you. Does that turn into a problem or are the people pretty good about that? Uh, the people are pretty good. I've seen that kind of go down a lot too in the last few years. With the the live coverage is just so good now. Um, you can see and watch everything way better on your phone or on your computer than you can on the water. But uh, no, it, everybody's been really cool. I haven't had very few problems with people following me. Um, and like when you're fishing open water stuff, the only time it gets to be a problem is if like you're running like. If you're springtime tournaments and you're like you really want to fish just the back of every pocket, yeah, yeah, that's the only time where it gets you because you you go you run in there, you pull in there, you're gonna fish the back little fifty yards or whatever, and everybody follows you in there, and you're just you're just running a gun, and you know what I mean, five minutes in the back of a pocket, ten minutes in the back of a pocket, going out, and then instead of being able to just get up and run out of there, you gotta idle through the you know the spectators to get out and run. That'll slow you down a little bit, but majority of the time when you're you know fishing more open water stuff it's it's not a problem at all i've had 
I can't really think of maybe one guy at Mille Lacs that was a problem. Other than that, everybody's been really, really cool. Uh, that that is absolutely that is absolutely amazing, and uh, I, I know that 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 can run into a problem too because you got guys fishing, and uh, well, first of all, you got guys fishing and they're saying, you know what, he's on my spot. I, I can't believe that Seth Fighter is poaching my spot. You know what? You know, guess what? He's fishing for a hundred thousand dollar check, and he doesn't know who you are, or it's your spot. It's just a spot that's holding fish. And then you get the guys that'll be fishing near you because they want to catch a fish because they want to say, hey, I caught a four-pounder on a spot where Seth Fighter didn't catch anything at all, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. Just shake your head and move on, right? Yeah, that's it. And we're only there for a couple of days. I mean, they can have the spot the other 360 days of the year. I just, I just need to borrow it for a few hours, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly right. My my friend, uh, my friend uh, Spence Petros always said, uh, when a guy said that, a guy will say that, we, we, we've been fishing in Canada together, and say, uh, I hear a guy say, I caught a bigger fish than you did, Spence. And Spence will say, what, what, where are you going to be next Tuesday? I guess I'm back at my job. What's your job? I like carpet. Oh, so next Tuesday you'll be laying carpet. You know what I want to be doing? I'll be fishing. And then walk <laughs> walk away, conversation over, you know? <laughs> yeah, you come back from that one. Uh, it, it, you, 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 you win. Hey, you know, I, one thing that's got to be really tough is getting into the uh, world of video uh, I tried hooking up with you yesterday. You were you were uh, filming, and somebody will hear this go filming. There's no tournaments. What what is he doing? What is he doing filming? What 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 are you filming? And how demanding is that? This video has gotten crazy. Oh yeah, no, that's half my job right there. Is you know shooting videos for you know filming this filling sponsor obligations and stuff like that. And yesterday we were, um, DMC and Rappel's got some new stuff coming out. We were shooting with Wired to Fish and getting some content on it. So they got some stuff to show on it when the products are released. And, you know, that's really, I think in my eyes, my most important part of the job as far as sponsorships go. I mean, the tournament stuff is what it is, but I think that's where I'm the biggest value to my sponsors is doing stuff like that, promotional stuff where, um, you know, you can actually sell a bunch of stuff. You know, think about this. Somebody listens to you and they say, "Okay, uh, he he spent uh, he spent Tuesday or Monday, whatever, he, uh, uh, filming for Arapala. Oh, big deal! And put a rod in his hand, uh, uh, tie a, a hard bait onto it, and and we're going to take some pictures of him fishing. Not like that at all. This is more difficult than." fishing in a tournament because you're not calling the shots. You know what you do when you get in the boat on, on Lake Oahe. You know what you want to do. You know where you're going to go. You're filming for a sponsor. They're telling you what, what you're going to use, what you're going to do, and they expect some modicum of success while you're out there do, doing things that aren't 100% you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it was a grinder of a filming session. We did it for two days, and fishing was kind of tough, and Luckily, about six, seven o'clock that night on the second day, we found a big lot of fish and was able to get it done. But yeah, no, there's no guarantees in fishing. You can go out and try to film anything you want, but the fish go out to cooperate too, you know. I want to ask you about uh, the modern world and your use of sonar. 
this has become a, a, a bigger and bigger story in the fact that it's it's a it's a great tool. Uh, the modern sonar is unlike anything that uh, we've ever seen before. How important is today's sonar to Seth Fighter in his pursuit of championship fish? Uh, well, depending on where we go, it's it's just about everything. Like we're about to go to, well, you perfect example of it. We got two tournaments left. We got Lake Oahe and the Mississippi River. Yeah. Lake Oahe will be dominated 100% off electronics, forward-facing sonar, 360, all that stuff. Everybody who's catching them there is going to be staring at their graph the whole time and would not be able to do it without them. And at the opposite end of the spectrum, we go to the Mississippi River. That's old-school fishing. You could, you could take all the graphs on your boat off and catch them. You know what I mean? That's just old-school, four-foot or less current fishing. Everything's visual with your eyes, current seams. Uh, slop, you know, frog and doing stuff like that. So, I mean, depending on where you go, it's it could be everything or nothing, you know what I mean? But you got to have it just because we have such a diverse schedule. You're, you're definitely going to be at both ends of the spectrum throughout the course of the year, no doubt. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the last two tournaments are pretty much as far different as they can get as far as that stuff goes. But Lake Hawaii, yeah, absolutely forward-facing sonar will dominate that event if you didn't have it like you might as well not even show up and uh, like i said we go to the mississippi river and you go out there and jump out with a trolling motor and do everything you need to do you know excellent man super information I, i'm so glad you explained it as well as you did and i don't expect any less when i talk to seth fighter this guy is just uh, not only a great great fisherman he's an excellent communicator uh you've got more fans than anybody I know behind you. Uh, it, it's inc it's incredible your skill. It's incredible your popularity. I just want to thank you for taking the time to be with us. Go, go cash a couple more checks before the season's over, would you please? Yeah, I need to. Excellent. Go get them. Seth, yeah, fighter. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate hey, it. Anytime, Seth. Thank you very much. We'll catch up with you again soon. Sounds good. We'll see you. Bye. Thank you. That wraps up this week's version of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best art fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnston from St. Croix, Ken Duke from Fishing Tackle Retailer Magazine. It doesn't get any better than the one and only Seth Fighter, Bassmaster Elite Champion. Does not. I'd like to thank our sponsor, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They certainly do. Daiwa Reels. Don't forget, you can write to us at our website, wefishasa.com. We love your mail. We respond to everything, so have at it. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week. Now, let's go fishing. professional angler Kevin Van Dam and people always ask me what's the best and easiest way to catch fish well that's simple keep our waterways clean and free of litter you know tossing your worn-out lures in the lake is not a winning move pitch them in the trash do your part and join me visit keepamericafishing.org and pledge to pitch it